You're listening to Games from the Cellar, the board gaming podcast featuring authentic board game conversations. I'm Steven, your host, and tonight I was joined by Chris and Sam to play Roll Through the Ages, the Bronze Age. Tell us about Roll Through the Ages, Adrian. Roll Through the Ages, designed by Matt Leacock, was first published by Eagle Griffin Games in 2008. It was nominated for a Golden Geek Award for Most Innovative Board Game, Best Family Board Game, and Best Two-Player Board Game. It was also nominated for the Spiel des Jahres in 2010. My husband told me I should just say Spiel des Jahres. Yeah, that's how the board gamers say it. But I speak a little bit of German, so I'm saying it properly. That's why we have you. Okay. At the time of this recording, Roll Through the Ages has a 6.9 rating with 12,000 ratings on BoardGameGeek and has a ranking of 879. It is a 1-4 to player light complexity game that should play in about 30 to 45 minutes. So thank you for joining us in the cellar as we go in-depth with Roll Through the Ages. All right, on the table is Roll Through the Ages uh, from Eagle Griffin Games. This is... Um, the late Bronze Age edition. The box is the Bronze Age, but there's a, an additional sheet that you can get off Board Game Geek or off Eagle Griffin that's the late Bronze Age. There's a few extra developments. There's um, the introduction of ships, and I think some of the numbers are a little bit different, but um, you know we've played both versions. The late Bronze Age is the one we like to play, so that's what we're going to be playing today. Does it do something with the way the game ends? Like, one player has seven developments, and I think on that one it was only, like, five developments. Yeah, it was only five. So, if all the monuments are collectively built, ends the game. Or if one player has seven developments in the late Bronze Age. In the regular Bronze Age, uh, it was five developments because there were less developments. So, you have more choice, and you have an opportunity to further like key in on how you want your civilization to be i think when it was only five it really cut down you get your machine working and the game was over this Mm -hmm. one kind of lets it uh at least have a turn or two that you get to reap what you lets it breathe yeah which is which is good because sometimes in engine builders you want to you want to run that engine and 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 benefit from it where it's it's really nice to have at least a round or two where you get to enjoy the engine you've constructed rather than you get your engine together and the game ends. A lot of them do that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a weird a weird balancing act that you have to do in engine building games that um, some do really well and some just really don't seem to get it all. I Imperial remember we, yeah, we talked a, bit, a lot about that at Imperial Settlers. Yeah. I want to try that one again because I think collectively our group think we weren't playing it. I'll, I'll play opti- it again. As optimally as po- as we should have been. So oh, when we look at I will say something and, and sit in the, uh, what, what's that seat called oh, over the there? penalty box? The penalty box. Yeah. For that right. one. Yeah, we can, right. we can I will that. just yell comments and wish Samuel Or you could just, you know. <laughs> Sam, your turn yet? Done yet? Nope. Okay. Nope. nope. <laughs> you got another five actions, Chris. <laughs> so uh, back to Through the Ages. Uh, excuse me. Back to Roll Through the Ages. Uh, we were mentioning before we turned the mics on that... Um, you know, Sam, you were saying this was probably one of the first modern rolling rights. Yeah. I mean, I have just a mental block when I'm discussing games, so I don't really consider the classics like Yahtzee and Monopoly and other things like that. I don't really consider them as board games mentally. I don't know. 
That's on well, the, I mean, not they're, a, they're not board, a judgment call. They're though. not modern board games or hobby board games. They're just like generic board games. Yeah, I, I get where you're coming from because it's hard to when you're talking about board games. It's hard to relate to things like Candyland or Mousetrap, which isn't really a board game. It's just a root Goldberg yeah. device in yeah. a, in a, on a on a board. I uh, really enjoy Roll Through the Ages. It's yeah. a blast. I like building the economy with the different developments. I love games where you can do upgrades Mm -hmm. and you have to decide what's important to you and what you're going to prioritize. And if you want to grab the quick points or go for a long-term investment, I love that kind of thing. Yeah. You say long-term investment, but what does this game take about 15 to 20 minutes to play? So there's not really a a long-term investment. It plays out as you go later into the game. But this yeah. is a great game if you're waiting on somebody else and there's only three of you there or four of you and you're still waiting on other people to come. It's a good game to get into because it's not going to take that long to finish. Yeah, yeah, within context. Yeah. yeah, within the confines of the game. You have you can have, make long-term investments that pay off uh, as you go along. So we're actually going to play on the late Bronze Age sheets. Uh, the game itself is Roll Through the Ages, the Bronze Age, but you can go on Board Game Geek or on to Eagle Griffin and download the late Bronze Age sheets. So is the late Bronze Age a fan-made edition or is this an official This is a, as far expansion. as as far as I know it's an official expansion because okay. they distribute it on the website. I don't remember ever seeing the little ships thing at the bottom here. So that's a that's a late Bronze Age edition. I have, have I never played the late Bronze Age? Oh my gosh, I don't think I've ever played the late Bronze Age edition. Uh, no, no, I don't. This was a regular Bronze Age. Yeah, no, the same. Wow. It was a regular Bronze Age. Something yeah. to look forward to. I'm really excited now. All right, so uh, I was already looking forward to playing this. Who wants to give the running gear? It's roll through the ages because you roll a number of dice based on however many cities you have, and then everyone starts with three free everyone, cities. Everyone starts with three, and depending on the results of your role, you get to spend different types of currency. You can spend population on building additional cities, so you roll more dice, or on constructing monuments to score points. You get trade goods that you can cash in along with coins to develop your civilization and get special upgrades and protect yourself from disasters, which will show up in the form of skulls on the dice. Uh, that about covers it, actually. Yeah, so... It's a very simple game. So, yeah. essentially, the developments, they're going to kind of tweak your die rolls and tweak the abilities that you have to make different aspects of your game and of your civilization a little more uh, efficient. You've got monuments, so they're going to give you points. Uh, disasters take away points. And at the end of the game, you essentially are counting up the points that your your developments give you, the points that your monuments give you, you get some points for um, different bonuses through developments and whatnot, and whoever has the highest score wins. It's I suppose so easy. The final thing to add is you are competing to build monuments. Yes. You get more points if you are the first one to build one of the seven monuments. If so you build a great pyramid, somebody else can build a great pyramid. But the first person gets 12, the second gets 8. Yes, that's what it means when I say the first one to build the pyramid. To build a specific wonder gets more points. The other small aspect. I I, I miss John being here to threaten you. (laughs) (laughs) He would be like throwing a beer at you or grabbing a spoon saying he's going to hold it to your throat. Yeah, I'm sure. So the thing about Roll Through the Ages that's kind of unique is this pegboard. 
that tracks all of your resources. And essentially, when you roll a trade good, starting from the bottom, you'll move uh, the peg over one space to the right, and you'll go up. And um, you can only carry over six notches, or six trade goods, they say, per turn. But underneath the trade goods are their values listed that you can sell them for. So for instance, the first wood that you have is only worth one, but the second one's worth three, the third one's worth six, the fourth one's worth 10, and it just kind of increases as you go along. So the more wood you acquire, the more wood that you keep, uh, the, the more valuable it is for you when you go to sell. Yeah. And as you move up the pegboard, each as you good move, is yeah. exponentially more valuable. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a, a terrible learning curve in this game. No, I just, I find that to be pretty interesting. There are, there are games that do it uh, in a similar fashion, but the use of the pegboard was, um, all right, I'm going to step, take a step back. This was one of the early Kickstarters. Oh, really? So uh, there were a lot of really good games that came out at the beginning, at the beginning of board gaming on Kickstarter. So uh, Alien Frontiers was one of the first, if not the first um, successful board gaming projects that went on to have uh, a, a long life after Kickstarter. I think it's in its 10th edition now or its 10th anniversary edition. There's some big box that's coming out this year that is, looks really nice, but I have the original version. I don't need it. So on and so forth. But go out and get that game. It's really fun. Um, around the same time was Roll Through the Ages, Fleet, Eminent Domain, these are three games that if we haven't covered yet, we're going to cover at some point that fleets all, on our poll for next month. You fleet, should vote on that poll. And fleet is on our, you pick our play in may poll on our discord. Definitely go check that out. I would definitely vote for that one. I voted for that one. I, I voted for, <laughs> I, I've actually voted for fleet and for Nexus ops. I didn't realize we got more than one vote. You can vote as many times as you want. So, Roll Through the Ages is one of those early Kickstarter games that's still very popular and is still in print. You guys can find it um, brand new and shrink off, off of Amazon or in your fr- friendly local game store or eBay that for the same price as you would pay for it new. So Don't get used to that. We've got some you know, back to our usual fare coming down the pipeline. Hard to find games coming, coming to, a, to a podcast soon. All right, let's play. We need John here to keep us in line. Yes, we do. We don't need John. Here. I miss John. I miss John too. But I mean, what you you feel he bad? Always disagrees. He's got to disagree <laughs> with us. John's not here, so yeah, we don't need John. We don't need John. We don't need John. My opinion's always right now that John's not here. My opinion's right even when John is here. Uh, actually, we'll agree to disagree on that. <laughs> so through the ages is sorry. Roll through the ages is done. Uh, Chris, you 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 have something you want to interject? I scored more points than you. Well, now you just you're a sore winner. No, you asked why did I win? I don't remember asking that. Anyway, roll through the ages, gentlemen. How did we feel about our game of roll through the ages? Chris, Besides, Chris, Chris scored won. more. Chris scored more points than me, so I didn't like it. I think as soon as you identified, like, oh yeah, I remember the ships kind of broke the game. I don't think anybody has played with ships that I've played with and I did calculate really quickly that that was going to break the game. I don't think it broke yeah. the game. Well, it's, it's a fairly easy development to take. Yeah, everyone could have, but 
I, I mean, did. you yeah. you have to. It's one of those things that if you don't want to get left behind, you have to take it. It's not a broken mechanic. It's just yes, severely handicap yourself when you don't take it. Yeah. I mean, frankly, I. I always forget about it, to be completely honest. Well, it's because it's not a terribly interesting mechanic. It's not interesting, um, and also it's not on the regular Bronze Age. And it feels and very tacked on. I kind of forget about it. And it, yes. it feels very tacked on. It introduces a few elements that I don't think flow naturally with the game. Yeah, thematically it seems weird that you can trade $6, six worth of wood for $30 worth of arrowheads. Oh, it's $1 worth of food. Well, wood. One for, for one. So you, for you can... Use the ships to trade one slot of a cargo of a of a good for a slot of another good, and so naturally you trade wood, the least valuable good, for spear points, the most valuable good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, there's some there are some fringe cases where you wouldn't do that because you don't get change back. So it might more, it might make more sense to trade for claw. Sure. He kind of thought about that at the end because he had traded for one more. Was it stone that would have given you sixty yeah, three? I, I could have traded it for stone, and it would have given you more um, points. And but I think mechanically, it is not a good addition to the game. Yeah, I think it it disrupts the flow of things. Um, to start with, you had to build a ship. You have to spend wood and cloth. Mm-hmm. Uh, which feels a little odd because that's really the only. There's only a handful of places where you're spending a good, a specific good, a specific good. Yeah, I mean, there are some developments that reference specific. Goods. Yeah, like you can spend stone or or pottery pot or pottery yeah. or something, but this feels like an incidental side grade, like a an additional thing tacked onto the side where it doesn't really connect with the rest of the economy. It's just an extra lever for you to pull that spits out money. Which seems like it's perfect for you. Like, isn't that what you like? Extra lovers? Isn't that like a I mean, certified Samuel? Okay, uh, yeah, but... I, I usually like it in the money machine running so that I can buy the higher level items. Like the ones that give you for every city, you get two points or well, yeah. eight point for every city. Yeah, the, but the, it's the most worth valuable 10. developments are the ones that give you just points. Yeah. Um, in this case, normally I do enjoy additional levers in games that you can interact with. Mm-hmm. Um in this case, with the ships, I just... You felt like the, the interaction wasn't as... Um, I mean, it really is just a lever. You build a ship, you pull it to transform cheap goods into valuable goods. And there really isn't wasn't any thought process involved. There wasn't a trade-off. It was just do this every time you can, right? You know, I don't like going... You know, I don't like lo- uh, slot machines either because you just pull the lever. So this game was interesting to start. You started with a lot of goods and with money. And I started with a lot of people. And I think Steven started with a lot of disasters. Right? <laughs> yeah, Steven yeah. started with a lot of disasters. Love yeah. the disasters this game. So I was able to build up my cities rather quickly, adding adding more right. dice. I was rolling seven dice while you guys were still rolling five, I think. Yeah. And then you got up to seven. How many dice did you end the game with? I ended up with six. It took six. me a while to get rolling with the dice. Yeah, frankly, I mean, this is this is a quick game it's fairly light as far as these things go what was the time uh, i did not stop it right at the end i'm looking at it now and it says one hour so it like was like 40 minutes maybe it was about 45 minutes 45 minutes yeah um so you know that that the quickness and ease of play covers a host of sins mm-hmm. that said 
I do think there's an objectively correct way to play this game, and that is to get as many cities as you can as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, that did give me a lot more options. Yeah. So and I was rolling a lot of people. You just couldn't. I, mean, I, I could not roll any people. I didn't get my. I didn't get my fourth city until like the fourth turn. The yeah, fifth I think turn, I'd already maybe? finished three monuments. And yeah. I was like, yeah, this is going to be the way to go is to finish the monuments. So I decided to go with the people route. Yeah. I let my uh, the coinage or whatever build up a bit when I bought Caravan. I didn't have to buy something each time. But then I wanted to stay close to the number that you guys had because we wanted to get the seven. But uh, it just kind of worked out real well. Yeah, the the risk that you take when you build more cities is you have the potential for more disasters. I mean, I I had plenty of disasters with four dice. Um, which and is, Samuel running uh, pestilence against us two or three times. I think it was three times. I hit so you guys with the, the pestilence. Yeah, I but, did it once. Too I mean, I had well, ni- so I had 12. nineteen disasters. Uh, like four of those were not being able to feed all my cities, but I mean. It was famine. It was drought after drought after drought. And I'm sitting here thinking, why did I not buy irrigation? But, you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I think... (laughs) The only way you can get a revolt, which is five disasters, five skull dice, and you lose all of the goods that you've stored, is to have more than five cities. So for me, getting to five... And sometimes six is like the sweet spot. Like I never go to, I don't think I've ever gone to seven or if I, I do, always, it's just because I always I go to seven. People. I always pretty much try and go to seven as quickly as possible. Yeah, then I'm I, trying for goods so I can buy more stuff. Yeah. I mean, th- I mean, frankly, at a certain point, I'm hoping to roll the disasters because they can come with two goods mm-hmm. and you, you, it's the, those disasters are double edged sword. I mean, they can be, but in this case, well, one or two disasters didn't impact me at all. Three disasters was actually good for me because it meant you guys lost points. And I just managed the risk and never got more than three disasters. Yeah, I, when I play, I always go for trying to roll Pestilence because yeah, it's- I always take like a goods heavy strategy. Like I try to always get caravans and I try to always end the game with commerce because it's the way that I like to play this one. And with five, six, and seven cities even, uh, giving other people pestilence is really easy. Uh, And then you get the six goods on top of that. So it just, the dice didn't roll out that way for me. And uh, that's why I ended up with 13 points. I'm sure it's happened. I'm sure it's happened before, but I didn't, I don't know if I remember a time where we didn't get to the seven developments with all the monuments being built. We've done it before. Yeah, I mean, the next turn I was going to build my seventh. I was going to get my seventh development. Yeah, like it's usually the developments. They they're kind of usually equal. Like you finish them both on the same time. Yeah, um, I don't know it, it's a fun game. I enjoy it. Yeah, I, I didn't win, but for me, the fun of this game isn't necessarily the competition bit. It's rolling the dice and filling out your own sheet. Yeah, right. and you just you know, you, 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 manipulating the pegs and having that cool pegboard that I don't think the, I don't think there are many games at all that have that as part of a production feature. So for a forty-five minute lightweight game, this one is is up there. It's something I enjoy playing. This I mean I've played this several times in a year as we're waiting for people to try and you mm-hmm. know. yeah. And you know we mentioned it's it's pretty available. Uh, you can go on Amazon right now and buy this for forty bucks, which. I mean, for what you're getting is a pretty darn good deal because, you know, this is a game that, 
I only have one game logged, uh, but this is a game that I played a lot before we started logging. I remember there would be game nights where we'd play like four games of this back-to-back. Oh, yeah. And then as Chris mentioned, it was always kind of, like in our earlier days, it was always kind of one of those games we went to while we were waiting for John or Jeremy or somebody to show up. Because, uh, you know, there'd be three of us, we'd be kind of twiddling our thumbs and, hey, what's a good half-hour game we can play that... If we decide to abandon, we can abandon because the fourth player showed up. Yeah, this is also, it's really fast to get on the table. Mm -hmm. You you open the box, you grab a sheet for everybody, and you put the dice and the boards down, and you're ready to go. You know, that's... (laughs) Not not enough is said about the setup and the teardown of games. Um, Because you look at a game like Mosaic, which I would play more... If it were not for the amount of time it takes to set up the same thing with HeroScape, I would play HeroScape every day if I didn't have to build a board and tear it down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I know. mean, just look at all the games that are popular on board game arena. Oh yeah. Because you don't have to manage the components. You don't have to pull everything out of the box. You don't have to keep track of all the fiddly parts. You just, yeah, I mean, that's how we have 30 games of through, through the, the ages, ages. Yeah. Uh, is because we don't have to, we don't have to manage all those little pieces. And those, you know, I love Through the Ages, but those tiny little cubes and the amount of the, they're not even cubes, they're little discs, right? I have never played Through the Ages in person. So there's cubes and there's discs. So resources are cubes, the people are discs, and they're tiny. And it just, wow, what a fiddly game. It's a magnificent game that you have to have very fine motor control to be able to play. And then as Chris mentioned earlier, a really good memory to remember what you have to get rid of at each, at each age. But you know, BGA takes care of all that for you. And it's a, it's a perfect game for BGA. Yeah. But roll through the ages. It's really easy to pull out of the box and put on the table. So Chris, you won. I did. Do you remember remember why you won? You scored scored more points. Okay. What would you rate roll through the ages? The late Bronze Age edition. Like I said, it's a game I enjoy playing. And in honor of my friend Jeremy, I will rate it seven cities. Seven cities. Seven cities. Seven cities. All right. Okay. Samuel, what do you got? Well, I didn't win. That happens sometimes. I didn't win, but I did have a lot of fun. You know, I built the Great Pyramid... I built an empire worthy of uh, respect and adulation. And, you know, if the dice had been just a little bit kinder to me, I'd have completed the empire development and blown Chris out of the water. You're only behind by four points. I'm only behind by four points. I knew it was time to end the game. Yeah. So I I had fun. You know, I built my engine. The writing was on the Great Wall. I didn't quite get to see my engine take off, but I got to see it spin up. That was almost a penalty box. (laughs) <laughs> carry on uh so i i have to give this game a seven sounds good so as i mentioned this is you know early in our career we didn't have as many i say all right so earlier in our in our time in the hobby we didn't have as many games as we have now and quite frankly there weren't as many games available so there are a handful that got a, a lot of play and just had a lot of attention paid to them 
uh, early early on when we started gaming. And Roll Through the Ages is one of those. Like I mentioned, um, in the early days of Kickstarter, I was really into it. I was really gung-ho. I backed probably like five or six projects a year at some, at some points. But, um, you know, a lot of those games stood the test of time and are still classic games that get played even even today 10 years later or geez 14 years 15 years later with this one i think 2008 with that in mind with it being you know just a game that you can always go to you're always going to have a good time with um, it's a real gamers game it's a real gamers game it's really easy to roll it onto the table so all that being said roll through the ages you know, it was a seven back then. It's a seven today, and I can't imagine it being anything else out into the future. Just a fantastic game. Go ahead, get yourself a copy if you don't already have it. If you're a fan of Rolling Rights, this one's just not complex at all. It plays really quick. Uh, I think you'll love it. It's the granddaddy. It, it's a Roll great one game. off the couch and get yourself a copy. Someone unplug his mic, please. <laughs> Wait, who let you out of the penalty box? Oh, I can hear John saying, you did not just say that, did you? <laughs> Chris, Sam, and I thank you for joining us in conversation about Roll Through the Ages. You can join us in conversation by visiting our website, gamesfromthecellar.com, where you can find links to our social media and Discord server. We also have a blog and a guild on BoardGameGeek. The Pick Our Play for May is concluded, but nominations for the June poll are open. Please join us in our Discord to nominate and vote on games you would like for us to play in June. We look forward to hearing from you.